any good stories from the road. And pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. Rat poison proof. They're mon geese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. What's up, y'all? Uh, it is May. First weekend of May. And Rusty Manzel, you've made it after several rounds on the golf course. Palmer, I assume you've been out there too. Uh, guys, what a week it's been. And uh, it, it's May, as I said, and Kirby Smart seems to be on a tear already. We've got story upon story about Kirby Smart on our front page at Dogs HQ. And I can't be, I can't help but be blown away with how much Georgia is still continuing its momentum, even into the spring. Well, here's the thing I'll say. Um, it, sometimes, and all of us have covered this team, they're back-to-back national champions, which is crazy to think that Georgia is there, back-to-back national champions. They are the centerpiece the epicenter, whatever you want to say of college football right now. So anything that, you know, Kirby Smart does or anything that kind of goes on to Georgia right now, they're they're the, the, the clear focus of college football. And so many years, you know, we could all talk about I'm older than you guys. So, so many years, many, many years you've heard uh, that team's never going to get back over the hump. It's the most overrated program in America. And uh, as you talk about this and talk about our front page and talk about the stories, man, it's it's – crazy that Georgia is sitting right here as back-to-back national champions and they're going to be the favorite to be, you know, one of the final two teams, final three teams left and all this thing, uh, you know, ends up next January. Well, and, and I mean, that starts with the player acquisition and that's the key part right now is recruiting, you know, getting out, seeing those guys in state, out of state, wherever they are, you go find them and, and you make your presence felt. Um, so, I mean, that that's, that's the biggest part. You know, big recruiting weekends coming up. Obviously, official visits in in June. Um, this is you know for the attention that Kirby and and his team gets and his coaches get in the fall when when we all get to see the the you know talented production on the field. It's what goes on behind the scenes that that makes that even possible because you can't win two straight without getting the players that are capable of competing for two straight, yet alone winning two straight. So there, there, there's a, there's a major coaching component that goes into it. Uh, but a recruiting component is, is equally, if not more important. At this Jake Rowe, time, you wrote about it. Stetson Bennett and Jalen Carter getting anonymous praise from sec coaches. And I think that, that, that filters in that, that applies to this Kirby smart praise that we're hearing right now, because after months appearing about these culture problems that Georgia had all of a sudden now that we're on the other side of the NFL draft, the two guys that had the biggest question marks are getting the validation from those sec coaches. I wonder where they were leading up to the NFL draft. They were probably talking to scouts. Uh, They were probably actually talking to people who actually made um, suggestions and decisions as opposed to talking to media um, at the time. But um, I, you know, listen, I've always got my I've always got kind of my uh, um, skepticism when it comes to anonymous sources. Um, you talk to a lot of people and I'm sure Rusty can can vouch for this. I'm sure Palmer can vouch for this. 
it's real odd when you see six, seven, eight sentences from a guy off the record. Um, that's just kind of weird. Um, you know, you're, you're supposed to be off the record and it's hard to get six or seven or eight sentences uh, correctly if you're not on the record in some shape, form or fashion. Explain to the people who don't understand why that's weird, why that's weird. Well, when you say, listen, this is off the record, you're saying, I'm not recording this. Um, well, try to get my quote verbatim right for six, seven sentences without a recorder. It's almost impossible. Um, you know, I know that they didn't always have them. And, you know, you got some reporters back in the day who write some shorthand that looks like hieroglyphic, hieroglyphics. Probably looks a lot <laughs> like Kurt, uh, like Rusty's handwriting another night on that legal pad when he showed them notes up there. Um, uh, some deciphering, some pyramids, some eyeballs. <laughs> Um, on there, some one-eyed jacks, um, uh, Japanese, uh, all sorts of stuff. So, uh, but you know, one thing I did want to throw in, y'all are talking about this time of year, right? Palmer's talking about how recruiting is this time of year. It's all recruiting and culture because they're not training them right now that, you know, they're not, uh, Scott Sinclair doesn't necessarily have his hands on them a certain time of day because they're getting ready for finals. So you win some ball games this time of year by whether or not you've got 80 to 85 or, or 75 to 85 guys doing some stuff on their own and training on their own and getting ready and not losing anything during this time to make sure they're not losing ground. And uh, if they're the best of the best, they're gaining some ground. And um, I would venture to say Stetson Bennett and, and Jalen Carter did some of that while they were at Georgia, uh, despite the fact that their character was called into question. Yeah, well, let me let – me, uh read the quotes from those anonymous SEC coaches. First up uh, on Stetson. Stetson will be a good backup according to an SEC defensive coordinator. He's going to be like Chase Daniel, just a journeyman, make a career of it in the NFL or former Rams backup. John Wolford, uh, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Uh, I studied some defenses against Georgia and Stetson Bennett is dismissed as a game manager, but almost all the film shows him as the catalyst a power five defensive coordinator said, and this is uh, according to who's this from Rittenberg over at ESPN, yeah. Jake Adam Rittenberg. And yeah. then uh, as far as Jalen Carter goes, I don't know if there was a more dominant player I saw according to an SEC offensive coordinator. He can change a game from the D tackle spot. I don't know who the last one was from the three technique, maybe Aaron Donald. Holy smokes. He was the difference for Georgia. If I was building a team straight out of talent, he's where I look. And that's what we all – I mean, that's what we all saw. But, uh, you know, th this NFL draft analysis period got a little bit squirrely at times. Yeah, you can go ahead and attribute that to me because I agree with that. Are you an <laughs> SEC offensive coordinator? Uh, I mean, they, they I have many names these days. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, Palmer. Well, I, I will attribute that to you, but uh, I just I just found it interesting, man. When and did those you just, are just two guys for money in his bank account? Fast case. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't you give that quote directly to Jake Rowe? That's what Jake's wondering. Yeah, and um, the money but, that goes with it. But as as we look at at this time of year, Rusty, what can we expect from Kirby and his staff? What are they going to be doing for the next four to eight weeks this summer? They've got about today sunday the seventh they've got about 10 more days where they'll be heavily focused on the road kirby cannot be on the road uh the, the coaches so they can do 10 coaches a day on the road now we reported will must he had hip surgery 
Uh, that's come along fine. He's going to be fine. But from what I know, he's going to be off the road in May. Scott Cochran's on the road for him. And Will will be fine for uh, the, the summer. So he'll be good to go. No issues there. And uh, so those guys are on the road Monday through Friday right now. And that's a big thing that we on Dogs HQ that we report every day, kind of who we're expecting them to see. Uh, but I got a piece coming either up to Jake Rowe here, the boss, either late tonight or early in the morning. There is a recruiting weekend coming up in about two weeks. And when I say it's on, it's on from that point. Like every weekend from that point on, uh, except Memorial Day weekend, Georgia has got a very, very stacked and important uh, weekends coming up and they start camps and everything. So they got about seven to 10 days that can just be kind of coaches. Uh, and I'll say this, you guys touched on this, uh, Palmer and, and Jake did, I think, about talking about the coaches aren't around the players. So if you play football at the University of Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, wherever, you play at a major Power 5 program, when you get done with these finals, you get about three weeks to go home and be around your family and a little bit of things. And as soon as that's over with, it's on. It's on until those four or five days, the 4th of July, and then it's a, it's a wrap. These guys play football year-round. They train year-round now. So these guys have got a little bit of downtime, which is great. I mean, it is great that these guys get this little bit of time to go fishing, go to the beach, do whatever with their families, because uh, they'll come back and start working out um, that week of Memorial Day, I think. And uh, they go all summer. They get about three days for the 4th of July, and it's on. What does July look like now? Um, no, not, I'm talking about from a recruiting standpoint. It's not, dead, not dead for the, until the last week of July. It's absolutely one of the dumbest things that we do. The dumbest thing that the NCAA, I, I have no idea why they go dead from June the 25th until like the July 25th. Just go ahead and be dead another week and let these kids focus on their high school teams. Because because the college coaches they're they're fixing to start camp. The last thing yeah. they want to do is have big recruit and fight to get kids mm-hmm. in, you know. And the and the and the high school kids and the parents they're done at this point. They spent all summer. Get it's time for them to focus on their high school. So I don't understand that, but it is dead uh, from like June the twenty fifth, I think, until like July twenty fifth, and it opens for like six days, and then it closes again in August, you know. I always look at it from a player and a parent's perspective. If you're going to close it June 25th after these officials and you're going to close the whole month of August, go ahead and close it the month of July and let these kids relax and be with our high school teammates. It just makes no sense to be open like five or six days. Well, and, and that doesn't typically end up being a huge weekend for Georgia, does it? No, not really, but they have to fight to get – everybody's fighting to try to get kids on campus at one right. last time because you – because once you get them on the campus at one last time, you're not going to see them again until football season starts in September because the month of August is dead, which it should be dead. Uh, I, I would do this if I was the NCAA. I'll get off my, my soapbox. If I was the NCAA, I would allow Saturdays in August where you could be on campus from 9 a.m. to 6, 6 p.m. and you could watch a team practice and go home, a one-day trip, go home. Because you can watch a team scrimmage two or three times uh, and I think coaches would love that. Hey, just come watch us practice and go home. Don't spend the night. We're not doing official visits. Just come watch us practice during the month of August on a Saturday. And that would be great. I mean, I, call me old-fashioned, but that sounds pretty simple to me. One, well, and, and that would make sense with the high school schedules, too, because those kids are doing 
sure. either either their own games on Fridays or scrimmages okay. or whatever it may be. Yeah, and you so. got school back in session if you want to yeah. get them some academic meetings set up and stuff That's like that. You could do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that does make a lot of sense. And the the main <laughs> thing, and you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to cry for millionaires here, but you know, the main thing that last week does is, you know, listen, if you're if you're Todd Hartley or if you're Dell McGee or if you're, you know, uh, I can't think of it. Uh, uh, Garrett Riley or whatever, you get a couple days before your family barely sees you for the, for the next four months. You kind of want to have that, you know, to butt up against too, but you can't because you you got to keep up with the Joneses. That's what college football is more than anything else. More than living in a big time neighborhood in East Cobb County, it is it, even more than that. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know, okay, keeping up with the Joneses. Your house poor, all right. You are you are keeping up appearances. At the, in that last weekend of July because you're just trying to figure out, all right, how do I look like I'm working? How do I look like I'm trying to keep this thing going? Because uh, otherwise uh, you're falling behind. It's, it's, it's crazy, that calendar. But that's kind of what the month of July looks like. But we're about, we're about uh, 12 days, 11, 12 days away from it get to real recruiting season. And we're going to have this thing covered. And I'm writing a piece just about every day this week on official visit weekends, different weekends. And, uh, I start with a piece that uh, is going to be there's going to be some important pieces in town, and I mentioned two names that probably going to stir the pot a little bit. We'll see if they make it. Hey, while we've got opinionated Rusty here, what do you think about June uh, official visits? I like it because it's so sped up. And here's the thing: I didn't like it at first, but here's the thing that's different than most. This toy cost ball. These kids have been recruited now three years. There's no sense in waiting till December to take this this thing because I mean those that's when the signing day is you know and even if they move it back to February, I still okay with the June OVs because these kids have been on these campuses 15, 20 times, you know I I, I always look at it from the parents' perspective if this kid can make that decision and not mess around and enjoy their senior year because there's so much pressure on these kids anyway, uh, let them go ahead and make that decision. And and finish out their senior season. So I like the June. I like it's it's crazy. And me and Roosh have been talking a little bit, side texting, and he knows what's coming. I know what's coming. It's going to be a uh, it's going to be a busy time. I I like it. I like it. But I wish they would. You know, they got February. February is dead. I wish they would make March dead. That would give you uh, April to take your visits. It would give you May to do what you want to do, and it gives you June to do what you want to do. But they got to do something for these coaches, man. It's, it's not it's not going to happen. That's a perfect example of what you're talking about. That last weekend, when you want to take your wife to the mountains, or you want to do something, and next thing you know, I can't do it because some ninth graders coming from Texas. <laughs> you know, I mean, being re- realistic. No, you know? I mean, no. That's that's the reality of this entire industry for coaches and us. I mean, yeah. high school kids control what's going on, and they move the meter, and they control the yeah. attention, and they control what we write about and what coaches have to do. Rusty, I'm curious, when you talk about that calendar, what are the coaches having the hardest time adjusting to? I mean, these guys are are creatures of habit, and part of that habit is adjusting to things. I mean, you have to be flexible if you're a college head football coach, but so much has changed over the past three years. There has to be something that these guys just say, man, this really sucks, and I cannot wrap my head around how I'm going to do it. I don't know if it sucks to say that, but wrap your head around it. How you fix it is the transfer portal and, you know, how kids come in and, 
you know, they kind of, you know, they'll try to leverage you. I, I had a coach, I talked to a coach outside of the SEC, and I heard he told me that, you know, after spring practice, they had like seven or eight kids come in and say, hey, we're leaving, and only two of those kids were starters. And the other kids were going to play some, and they're important pieces, but they're trying to leverage, hey, I'm going, I'm going to go somewhere else and, you know, do this and do that. So it's just – Roster management, man. How can you roster manage? How can you, you know, do those things? So we can go another three hours on NIL, but man, I tell you that uh that that transfer portal is has got coaches. It's got coaches. The NFL's already been attractive, but you as a okay, let's say you're an NFL coach. Say West West Lancashire is going to coach. You're going to coach the Detroit Lions. You've been in college for 10 years. Yeah, I've always wanted to live in Detroit. Well, you, well, you can go buy Stafford's old house up there. So <laughs> you go to Detroit and you're coached the NFL. So right now you got OTAs next weekend. And when those OTAs are done, you're off until mid-July. Not only are you off, you're not allowed to be in the building because of the players deal. So there's no – everybody's off. Can you imagine what, what Georgia staff, what Alabama staff and Ohio State <laughs> – they're about to go into World War III for about yeah. nine weeks and not see their kids. I mean, it's like buckle up every single day for nine weeks. Yeah, it's either lunch comes in from Jimmy yeah. John's or you're walking yeah. over to yeah. Cali and Tito's and going That's back it. to your cubicle. Yeah. And you're texting your buddies in the NFL, and he's like, man, I'm going to try to get up about 10 tomorrow and go hit some golf balls. What, what y'all got going on? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll never forget. I talk, and, and, and Jake has mentioned, I talked to John Lilly. John Lilly was in the NFL for a while. And he said the first day they put up that um, – the first day they put up that that calendar, he about passed out. He was like, why are Friday and Saturdays in red? We're not we're not here. And it was like the entire spring and summer, like, you're not here. Don't come in. You're in trouble. He was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, they have to learn how to – they have to learn how to get off of that habit of the phone. I heard a story about Brian Schottenheimer when he got here. Brian Schottenheimer had been in NFL all these years. Well, he's sitting there watching his coaches. They're texting during meetings all day. And also, I was told about day two, he goes, what the hell are y'all doing on these phones? Get off of them. And about three weeks later, he come in and apologized. I said, guys, I know what you're doing on your phones. <laughs> <laughs> you're recruiting and you can't let up. So, yeah, I, I remember talking to Todd Bowles at, um, uh, I believe it was at the Bruce Arians golf tournament one time. And, you know, we were just kind of, you know, asking him about, you know, kind of what was going on. And um, I believe it was Justin Felder. Somebody said, hey, you getting ready to get back to work? He goes, oh, no, man. You know, if, we, if, we, if, if I'm back to work anytime in the next three weeks, um, there's something wrong. Um, you know, because he was he, – it was – they were off for, for a good five, six-week straight right there. And I don't know if you – you don't have that – you don't have a five, six-week stretch in college, period. Well, because the calendar is set by the rules. So – Everything I was always told, Nick Saban could not stand that because you can't outwork people in the NFL. Everybody's going to be in the building the same time, and everybody's got the same amount of money to spend. That's just how you do it. So you can't control those variables, and and that's one of those things yeah. where you got you just come in and you're there those times. And and and, and like y'all just said earlier here, if you're not recruiting a kid, somebody else is. Well, let me let me bring this full circle before we move on. I mean, 
if there's any program led by a head coach that seems to be positioned well for that, and I don't know how long Kirby can do it. I'm not going to assume that I know uh, because their burnout is real no matter who you are. But that guy seems to love putting rosters together, and he puts good rosters together, as we've said now for the past several episodes, because the Philadelphia Eagles basically draft every player that they can that they're allowed to draft. So if there's anything that kind of gives Georgia fans a little bit of pause, a little bit of reprieve, when you hear all this doom and gloom about how much the schedule works against college football coaches, at least for right now, you got a head coach that lives and breathes this stuff when he is on the clock doing it. Look at the successful ones. They're wired different, okay? Mm-hmm. Kirby, he's, he's off the chain recruiting. Nick Saban, he's wired to recruit and coach. Ryan Day recruits all this thing. So, Lincoln Riley, you got to be wired to be a college football coach. And those guys that want it, live, breathe, and eat it every day, those are the successful ones. You don't want to say that anybody's a college football lifer, but Kirby coached in the NFL. I'm not saying he's never going to go back, but he's coached there a little bit, and he's in college, and he's chosen to be in college. Um, I don't know how many opportunities he's had. Uh, Will Muschamp coached coached at the pros. Um, He's in college. He's been a head coach. Uh, You know, so uh, Mike Bobo has spent his entire year in college and has probably had some chances to go do some coaching in the NFL, turned it down. Um, you know, we reported it back then. You know, Philadelphia is really in, really into Glenn Schumann. Glenn Schumann's still at Georgia. Could he go next year? I don't know. But you have – Georgia's really fortunate, and you need this kind of break. You need this kind of – I don't want to call it luck. You need this kind of structure to put together what Georgia's been able to do. You need these kind of uh, – you know, you need these kind of like kind of turns of events. Again, I don't want to call it fortune because I'm sure that there's more than that to it. Uh, but to get these kind of guys to stick in and do what they've done, uh, even Brian McClendon. I mean, I think before he went to Oregon, Rusty, if I'm not mistaken, he had a chance to go to the Eagle staff or or somebody like that. And, and you know, you got Brian McClendon there. You know, I, I got to believe he's had opportunities to coach NFL ball. So, you know, you got a lot of guys there. But then, you know, you've also got guys that, listen, I know Kirby Smart thinks the world of Thomas Brown. All right, Thomas Brown went to NFL. He ain't coming back. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it's going to take something to get him to come back. He ain't coming back. As Ruth says, he's got to go dusty road. Hard time, yeah. Daddy. And, yeah. and ironically in all this is that a big part of the reason Georgia has been so successful the last few years is somebody that's now in the NFL that was in the NFL before, came back to college and said, I, I'm out of here. I'm back, to, I'm back to the pros. And, you know, I think it's pretty well known that, that recruiting isn't necessarily Munkin's favorite thing to do and um yeah i mean it, it's it's a commitment that's for sure and you you're you're seeing it you know all, every year yeah and the college game can take solace in the fact that there ain't but so many spots to coach at that level so no still man plenty of Just, good coaching to go around <laughs> it, it's not uh it's not slowing down those spots aren't increasing and when you look at the just the culture of being a Georgia football fan, okay? You look, you talk about the junkyard dogs back in the 80s. You talk about Thomas Davis, David Pollock in the 2000s. You know, there was a time where Georgia fans wanted nothing more but to win a national championship, and they, they didn't have it. What did you have then, though? You had this rich culture of that that college pageantry. And I'm not saying that Kirby Smart has lost that, but 
you can't just hold on to that that past of what this game was. This game is speeding up and speeding up and becoming more and more of a business every single year. And I don't I don't know how you balance that, and I don't know how much Georgia fans care because you got hardware now. But the game's changing, man, and that's what people are scared of. I think some of some of the more old school fans, anyway. How much more is this game starting to look like the NFL? And the more and more it starts to look like that, and the more and more the NFL gives you a little bit more uh, time in your schedule, the more tempting it's going to be. Speaking of things that are tempting, Breaking Tea has the most tempting Georgia apparel you can imagine. Check out this Georgia Delphia Eagle Dogs shirt you can get over at Breaking Tea. Not only is it in Georgia red, it's in Philadelphia Eagles green, and it's in a hoodie in both colors, not just a T-shirt. You can also get it for your lady if you want to, red and green. Now, if you don't want the Georgia Delphia Eagle Dogs, you can get this Bulldog short shirt, or if you just hate the Philadelphia Eagles, there are about a 1,000 Georgia football shirts celebrating the back-to-back national championship titles that the dogs have. The Breaking Tea link is in the episode description of every Georgia show broadcast, whether it's on YouTube or on podcast. So check it out and get that new Georgia shirt. Everyone knows you need it. Guys, uh, I mentioned the last time we met on Wednesday, we were going to do some hypotheticals because uh, we had a few things pop over the last few days other than Rusty Mansell joining this website. Uh, We're talking about the expansion of the college football playoff. And I don't know about y'all, but in a lot of my group text threads with my buddies, we're looking at this – you know, home and home, or not home and home, but home game hosting of a, a postseason game. I know Georgia fans don't want to think about the dogs not being a top four seed, but let's talk for a few minutes about the dogs potentially hosting a game in Athens. Or, I mean, gosh, if the sky is really falling and you're not in one of those top six seeds, you have to go on the road. The dogs having to go on the road and, and play a postseason game to make it to a quarterfinal matchup, this college football playoff expansion is going to look way different than anything we've ever seen, especially uh, as the dogs are concerned, if they can't make that top four seed, that is. I just hope that they don't do it like they do NCAA baseball regionals, where you get the you get the PA announcer and the PA announcer has to kind of just be, you know, impartial. I think they do it with the NIT as well. Um, you know, you have to kind of be impartial. Um, well, I, mean, like, I, I remember my buddy Sam Franco calling an NIT game from Stegman Coliseum, and he's over here like, um, you know, uh, Kenny Gaines for three. You know, and I'm like, man, that's not that's not the way it with is. The, uh, host a game, get wild. With, with the baseball, you can't even play the the walk up song. Right? Yeah, you get no advantages, and I, I really hope that that in that scenario they do that. And then ultimately, the thing I'm sitting here thinking about is if they keep the SEC championship game, being the third best team in the SEC and the fifth or sixth best team in the country don't seem so bad. Uh, I mean, you, I mean, you're out. You're out of a chance for the buy, but, but I think that would you take that, that buy of not playing, you know, you, well, you, you get a buy, you don't have to play the SEC championship. Right. Game. But you have to play one more game towards your national championship. Right. Yeah. Too. So, I mean, who's, who's going to get, who's going to get the, the, 
draw the straw on that December 21st game when Georgia plays at Washington one year. Rusty, <laughs> look, dude, how many of these Georgia State State championship games have you been to? December in Georgia is not a cakewalk, man. It's not no, fun. No, I'm telling you. I mean, that, I was thinking about that, the, like the tailgating. You know, that's a great point because everybody keeps talking. I did radio last week. We only talked about Georgia being a top four seed. What if Georgia loses the SEC championship and they get bumped to six for whatever reason? And the next thing you know, Georgia's hosting like Penn State December the 18th. It, that tailgate would be a little different than the old Memorial Day, the old Labor Day weekend. It, it um, would create some really cool experiences, whether you're you know, a fan that's going on the road to experience a place that you're probably not necessarily getting to see uh, you routinely. I think that's what one of the things that Georgia fans have enjoyed so much about these home and homes, the, the Notre Dame one, um, you know, specifically is it's a place that you're not and a team that you're not seeing your team play against all that often. You're not traveling there all that often. So it does create cool experiences just like, you know, the, the flip side of hosting one of those games would, what, what it does though, and I'd be curious to hear your, your, I mean, as we talk about the recruiting calendar, National Signing Day, that early signing day is like three days, is like the Wednesday before this this Saturday of of uh, of the home games. I mean, I think college football coaches are, are going to start petitioning for more days in the year before <laughs> this is all said and done. If, I mean, is it, are we going to see that early signing period go away or move or, I mean, because that creates – I mean, it's already interesting for coaches to having to prepare. You know, we we feels like we've done it every year. That, that's the, the kind of thing I'm coach. talking about, Palmer. Like, I hate to sound cynical, but with the transfer portal being the way it is, I mean, I'm not sure any of these coaches would ever say it, but you're going to be able to pick up somebody if you don't necessarily win on signing day in that early signing well, day period. And and it's it's interesting because it feels like we've been dealing with it with the SEC championship, the Georgia coaches not being able to go in home that week while other coaches have been doing that, um, you know, are able to get on, on the road and, and, you know, finish, put the last finishing touches on, on their recruiting classes. But now we would see it with, you know, playoff games. So the, the coaches behind the scenes and I have no idea how they're going to change this. I couldn't even begin to tell you the guess, but I do know from talking to several very connected people, there, there is so much discussion on the window of this, this portal and when you can go, because literally it could potentially be, let's just say Alabama. It could potentially be Alabama uh, going to put, winning the SEC championship and getting ready to go play another game here. And if the window's right, they would have kids that would leave their team before they ever get to the playoffs. So, like, how's that going to how, – how are they going to handle those things? So, the majority of people I talk to want two windows. They want one in um, early January when everything's done, and then they want another one, like, right now in May, like those 10 days in May, and that's it, period. So, I don't know how all that's going to work and how it's going to play out, but – you know, it's going to force some kids. If I'm a second string, maybe D tackle at Alabama, or I'm a second string D tackle at Georgia, and Georgia just lost a kid that was technically second string, even though he plays. Um, you know, and 
but but what if he leaves in January before? What if he announces he's leaving in, de- in that December window because that's the only one that's open? I yeah. mean, B- Bill Norton left before. Yeah, Bill the, Norton didn't play in the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. He didn't play in the playoffs. But but I'm saying it, it could happen. You know what I mean? It could happen. Yeah. So it's just craziness. And and Wes brought up a good point. The the old timers. I'm one of those. That makes you nervous. Like you can't finish the season with your 85 guys. What does that do to the locker room and those types of things? On the flip side of it, we're going to get some very cool matchups. Some very cool. Games. Oh yeah, I'm I'm jacked about the matchups, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah but but if you attended if you attended Georgia Auburn 1997, um, was, when was, it was about 16 degrees outside, yeah, and and you know you had people eating KFC in oh, in the oh, in the yeah, eating KFC in the driver's seat of their car with yeah. the heat on, yeah. then you're probably going to get to experience a few of them tailgates, uh, you know, during this little playoff deal. Um, may get to experience one in Happy Valley or, uh, or you know, somewhere, I don't know, maybe somewhere. Yeah, yeah, you know, you may get, you, I don't know, you know, you may get to Dude, is, there, is there not something psychological, though, about like oh, if you're God. a Georgia fan and Ann Georgia's Arbor. in that situation, you're in Ann Arbor, you're in. Happy Valley. You expect it to be cold. Yeah, you're right. You're but right. But if you're in Georgia in December, you're like, man, I want to be at home right now. Yeah. I want to be doing this. Yeah. The one um, thing, one thing, I said, said, one thing I said real quick, I'll say it's good for a game of college football because people are so over Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State nationwide. So it's going to get teams. It's going to get teams west of Mississippi. That get put out. If you're a 12 seed now, you're done after Thanksgiving. You, you kind of you're not. You're done. Yeah, you then are. Oh, if you're a 12 now, you got a chance to play a couple more games, so it keeps your fan base engaged during that month. Because if we're, you're just trying to get into a mix for a 12 seed, you're done November 1st almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean you, you're almost done then. But if you're a, if you're a five and you lose that last game, rivalry weekend, whatever, say it's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State loses. Normally their fans check out. Yeah, but if they go to twelve, and Oklahoma State's playing at Florida State next weekend or two weeks from now, that keeps you engaged. It keeps the fans in it. We're west of the Mississippi because I'm telling you, man, it is it's bad west of Mississippi. We all went to most of the league, we all went to national championship game. Those people out there didn't know what the hell was going on and why yeah. Georgia, why, why <laughs> did. and didn't all of us were rolled up into that place like what in the hell is going well, on? And, and and the outrage about no tailgating. I mean, yeah. oh my god! And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah, Rusty. I, I remember Rusty trying to talk to an Uber driver over there. He had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> Rusty's trying to get him to pick a team. I said, dude, who you got? <laughs> what I say? You got Wisconsin or Michigan? You said something. You 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 it was something off brand. It was you got Georgia or Oklahoma or something like that. It was it was hilarious. But here's the thing, man. Rusty won't say this kind of thing. People are tired of Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. They're not tired of Michigan. Okay, Michigan first round, little first round deal going on right there. Wolverines need to get past that hump right now. Well, Michigan's overperforming when you look at the the blue chip index. You know they They, are. they, They are. You know, guys that are drafted. Georgia's right where you should be. And Alabama's actually the one that's underperforming a little bit. Um, last thing on this, and we'll have a lot of time spent talking about it when this is a reality, but the SEC championship being that marquee game first week in December, I have faith that the conference will find a way to spin that thing and still make it uh, exciting and electric as it is each and every year. But with all these other postseason games – 
I guess it's just a play into the play in. I, I don't know what it's going to be like, but you, you have the last two years now, Georgia lost one, still made it to the playoff and could have lost to LSU and made it, could have made it to the playoff. I mean, I, I don't know what Greg Sankey's going to do, but uh, I believe in Greg. All right, let's wrap things up really quick before we get to our dog stocks. Just a quick touch of the base on some uh, recruiting news this week, Rusty. I mean, whatever you're willing to spill to our non-premium subscribers watching this stream right now, uh, you had a couple updates on some coaches uh, visiting some Georgia prospects late in the week last week. And uh, looking ahead to this week, what's on your radar? Um, I think Georgia, they've already used one of their visits to see Dylan Rayola. They've already used one of their visits. Mike Bobo Thursday morning was in Carrollton. Oh, by the way, Carrollton practices. Y'all love this at 545 a.m. Monday through Friday. They're winning. They're winning state. They, they practice at 5.45 a.m. on the dot. Let's get going, and, and you're late if you're one minute out. So uh, I think the kind of the story there is Mike Bobo's out seeing quarterbacks. He saw Julian Juju Lewis, the 2026 kid, you know, kind of the buzz right now. So what I want to see, and this is what, you know, Jake will tell you, Roos will tell you, anybody that's covered recruiting, is kind of like follow the visits because if they're out going to see you right now, you know you're at least – on their board uh, as someone that they're very, very interested in. You see a lot of new offers go out, but the piece tomorrow early will be uh, about a big weekend that's coming up. And I've added a couple names, which is this will be the first time I think they're having official visits in May. Uh, so I think we've already confirmed three or four working on that. So that story first thing in the morning. And again, I've said it on a post today. I've said it everywhere. Thank you for the people that have been here at dogs HQ people that are new members on Dogs HQ, people that have been on this YouTube channel. Uh, I don't know how long they're going to do it, but for $1 until, what is it, $1 until Halloween, basically? Halloween, yeah. through, the, through the Georgia-Florida game. So $1 through Halloween. I, I don't know what else I could tell you, and if you don't like it, um, you can call in and change whatever you need to do and cancel whatever, but I, I encourage you to uh, just give don't us call me. Yeah, call Wes. Um, <laughs> and But, 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 uh, just give us a try for one buck, man. That's all I'm saying. And I promise you right now, we'll give you everything that we feel like we can do. And I said this on the board today, man, uh, you guys that have been here uh, before last week, you've been doing a hell of a job. Just We just happened to get some extra eyes and people were like, damn, that's a, that's a great site. So I've loved the feedback. I had a bunch of people talk to me this weekend when I was out of town or some people. They're like, man, on the site, love it already. So Give us a try. One freaking dollar. You can't buy anything in this world for one dollar. But for one dollar, you can buy all the Bulldog news you want all the way almost uh, three quarters of the season. So I uh, hope you guys give us a try. Love it. Uh, Rusty, one more explainer. I explained chopping wood to you on Wednesday. Sunday is for dog stocks. And we do this because, just full transparency, we want to get some sponsors that align with these uh, – these themes so chopping wood on wednesday dog stocks on sunday it's usually a stock up thing it can be stocked down but we're we're pretty positive guys over here i think yeah we're berkshire go, hathaway uh, we're talking to you okay berkshire hathaway bring it on i mean yeah i i, I know that berkshire hathaway is watching the entire show right warren now buffett's here baby no warm 
I, I'm pretty sure that Uncle Glenn Hartley is Warren Buffett. <laughs> He's got that kind of money, I bet. Uh, my dog stock stock up on Brock Bowers and the Georgia Heisman hype train. Theft. Y'all got to start it now. I know that this isn't what you typically do over there in the Buttsmere building, but I got to explain something to y'all. There hasn't been a tight end in New York as a Heisman finalist in about 50 years, I think. If there's ever been one that deserves it, it's Brock Bowers. And I might be off on the Heisman finalist. I don't think there's been one that even that won one. Maybe that maybe that's the stat. But y'all gotta y'all gotta up the dog stock on Brock Bowers and just give him some extra juice, man. Because tight ends don't get the respect they deserve, but we all know that Brock Bowers is more than a tight end. So dog stock up on Brock Bowers. Get him to New York. I know it's May 7th, but let's start the juice. Let's start the Brock Bowers Heisman train right now. Call me crazy, but I think Carson Beck might have a better chance to get to New York. Why can't they both go? It's fair. Devontae Smith and, and Mac Jones were both finalists in Alabama's 2020 offense. I mean, and everybody honestly, knows think, it's going to be Brock Najee Bowers' Harris final up, season. I also think Najee Harris ended up finishing top five that year. Filthy. Mm. Um, Ken McAfee of Notre Dame finished third in the Heisman ballot in 1977. All right, so what's that, 55 years? Did y'all see Brock Bowers camp this weekend in Winder? I did not. I didn't even know it was there. I would have went. Five. 46 years. 500 kids. And, and one didn't day talk bro. to any of them. At 150 a pop. So <laughs> Good God. It was not a bad weekend. Hey, was, uh, hey, did you talk to Ed Dudley? Was he over there running it? No, Ed Dudley's uh, BT now. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. You gotta keep up with your stuff, man. I, I didn't know. I didn't know Dudley left us, man. I, I moved out of Winder, and, and Ed Dudley moved out too. So Brock Bowers and Brock Vandergrift did their camp. Uh, one of their camps are going to do, and uh, looks like they had a, but was told they had over five hundred. So, man, that's what it's about when you start talking about NIL and what Brock Bowers deserve. And, and listen, Brock Vandergrift, those two are tight, and he made yeah, it thick as thieves. That's right. So you start talking about NIL on a hell of a hell of a Saturday to go. Throw some out routes with six year olds. Hey, that's uh, that's uh, by my amateur math, that's uh, $75,000 worth of revenue for a Saturday. And I know they some people had to get paid, but still, yeah, they, and they were sponsors too. Palmer yeah. and I showed up at the Athens YMCA this morning and tried to throw some out routes, and no one wanted to pay us. Was- see, see when, when we talk about throwing out routes to six year olds, all that comes to my mind is the Peyton Manning SNL. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looked like. <laughs> All right, uh, Ro, was that your dog stocks or you got some? No, it wasn't. No, you didn't steal my dog stocks. Um, my dog stock still dogs 20. Uh, dog, dog, look at there, I'm about to say something crazy. Well, I tell you, my what, dollar in the jar. I'm telling you what, man, you were, you were about to do some up downs. I'm about to, about to do something crazy there. I Crash did it a couple times road. right when I started. Dogs HQ, man, I hearing Rusty's voice is taking me back to nostalgia. Have loves dogs. I got dog stocks on, on dogs HQ. Um, listen, man, I'm really loving this. Uh, I'm loving this message board community we got over there. Um, it's still new. And listen, I taught high school. I know how them kids act the first week of school. They're on their best behavior. You know, you're thinking, oh, man, I got such a good class this year. It takes you about two semesters to realize, okay? But listen, we, we, we're Terrifying. keeping it on topic. Uh, I think we got a lot of folks that are real passionate. It's growing. It's hopping. 
Um, one of the main criticisms I saw of people coming over to our site and visiting, they were like, you know, listen, they, the, the message board just isn't active enough for me. You know, you come from a place where you're basically able to kill about six hours at work on a Monday um, just by arguing with somebody on a message board. <laughs> um, you know, you're going to need to, you're going to need to, and listen, I kill about 12 at work doing that because that's my job. But, um, you know, it, the, the ultimately, We've really picked up, man. We have really picked up. Um, Rusty's had a big hand in that, and uh, you know we're we're excited about it. But come on over and see us because Dogs HQ is the place to be right now. It really is, and uh, we're growing fast for a reason. It's going to be a lot of fun. Amen. So I I'll, uh, I'll, I'll I'll piggyback on that one. Talking about the message board because we got people on the message board talking about what I was going to talk about with my dog stocks, and that's uh. You know, the, again, I, I told you, Rusty, on, on Wednesday that I'm going to talk non-football sports. Better be you right here. Tennis. Tennis getting a big weekend in, in Athens. Both the men's and women's teams advance. They get the Super Regionals also here. And admittedly, I'm disappointed that I can't make it. I, I'll be out of town because uh, I've heard a lot of talk over the years about uh, about Georgia tennis and the atmosphere over there uh, at that facility for the NCAA tournament and how much that means to Athens. So uh, disappointed that I couldn't be there to experience it. Uh, I know the NCAA tournament is set to come back to Athens and want to say 2025, but don't, don't quote me on that. Um, baseball picking up a win over a ranked Tennessee team. A lot of talk on there uh, on the message board about the baseball team and basketball. Uh, you know, we, we addressed uh, blue cane and that commitment on Wednesday and, um, you know, n- nothing new there, but but a lot of momentum uh, for those non-football sports, and specifically those two. Um, I- I'm pretty sure, pretty sure softball did not win its series this weekend, but they've been having one hell of a spring. So, uh, baseball and tennis, stock up on uh on on that part of town. Stocks up across the board. Rusty, take us home. I should have never let Palmer go first. I knew he was gonna steal one of them. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, stocks up for me would be Georgia softball. I mean, I know obviously I got a connection to that team. Um, they go down to LSU, they lose two or three, didn't play great, but they're number two seed. Here's the thing about the softball team. So they're now they're 40, I think 40 and 11. Every player on the team is using their extra year to come back next year. I mean, they are going to bring return everybody, all their key players, all their pitchings coming back with a great recruiting class. So you see how much of a run they're going to make right here. Uh, and this is this postseason, and can they get to Omaha? Uh, can they get to Oklahoma? Which I think they got a chance. And baseball, heck of a weekend uh, against Tennessee. This this may, just my personal opinion, the last couple of weeks may have saved his job. Had to have it. Uh, had to have those and to show show some fight and do those things. Last one for me would be stock up to not a Georgia Bulldog, but a Georgia Bulldog fan. And I know people that know him, and this dude loves some Georgia Bulldogs. Money Mike Harris, big hit today for the Braves. Uh, you know, he's been in Athens like one time to watch Georgia play. So, uh, for him today to do what he did in extra innings, uh, you'll see him every, from time to time. You'll see him on, on Instagram and those types of things, and he'll have, he'll have some Georgia stuff on. So, Money Mike Harris, stock up. Lady Dog softball team, stock up. Isn't it awesome to have Braves – players and people around that franchise that love Georgia. Snit loves the dogs. Yes, he does. Mike Harris loves the dogs. I mean, look, obviously we love Chipper, but 
little, we'll little questionable like that. with that Florida Gators fandom. Then he hopped over to the dog's bandwagon for a little bit there, and then he kind of hopped back. He pulled a Ric Flair on us. Yeah. We don't know anything. We don't, we don't know about Matt Olson, but we're going to pretend he's a dog. Oh, hey, yeah, you love Jordan. Jake's, uh, yeah. One of Jake's all-time favorite photos, maybe second to the Xavier Trust National Championship game, is uh, is Jordan Davis. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and Jordan and Davis. Sounded like John Madden. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's one of the greatest photos ever, man. That's the one of the, the sweetest photos I think I've ever seen. You know, you got a kind of a new generation dog and an old generation dog, and they got arms around each other just loving it. Ah, oh, man, that's – but almost brings a tear to my eye. I love it so much. For yeah, man, for real. Vince went out on top, man. Awesome. Uh, y'all have a great week. Bark after dark tomorrow night. What, what actually, actually, Bruce is going to be out tomorrow night, and so we won't be doing bark after dark. But listen, the week after next, we got a we've got an out of market guest that out maybe is going to be the most entertaining dude we've ever had on bark after dark. I, I really believe it. And I run, nobody will ever be, nobody will ever be better looking than Rusty and nobody will ever be cooler than Brandon Adams and nobody will ever be funnier than Dean Leggy. But this guy's got all of it wrapped up in the one. And we're going to bring him to you next week on the 20th. Uh, yeah, actually. Yeah. On the, on the 22nd, it'll be when he's on. So we may actually have somebody on the 15th as well. That was a hell of a tease, bro. This better be like Guy Fieri or something. Hey, listen, you go, you, you need to be on Twitter to understand who we're talking about, but this guy's big time. All right. All right. I'm fired up for it. Uh, Rusty, I think we'll have some big news on the Georgia just team front a little, a little bit later this week. And uh, can't wait to hear what Roos has for us as he follows up on his uh, recruiting trail later on this week as well. We will see you on Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. for the newcomers here. We're live every Sunday and Wednesday right here on the Dogs HQ YouTube channel at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss that. Thanks for joining us tonight. We will catch you next time. Peace.